Hey guys, welcome back to the Panther Den podcast. Uh, I'm your host Cameron. Uh, this week, we're gonna do a little bit. We're gonna do something a little bit more serious. Get back to our little serious roots here. Um, but before I introduce our special guest today and the reason we're doing this episode, got Jacob here, Mr. Hey Producer. What's up? Jacob's here. He had to work today. Yep. Unfortunately, staying up all night and getting up. <laughs> yeah. Five hours later. <laughs> welcome to adulthood. Yeah, welcome. To- <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. Got Dan here. Hey guys. Dan, welcome back. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. It's great to see you guys. Great Gosh. to be here. So, what was what was the last episode you were on? Do you remember? No. I was it? I don't remember. Was it was the it American Education Systems Part Two? Mm-mm. No, it was with Chris, wasn't it? No. Yeah. Did we have? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Chris. Okay. Anyway, brings us to our special guest uh, and first time podcaster, Dina. Hey, how's hey. it going? Good. So <clears throat> we're going to be talking about Dina's job today. Uh, Miss Dina here is retired from her current For, from her occupation. How many years? Yeah. How many years have you been retired? Um, Three? I be, no, it's going to be six years Good. next year. Good. God almighty. Dang. Yep. Wow. So anyway, so <laughs> Dina, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you did, not where you did. I was a officer at a federal prison. I worked in the nursing department um, for 25 years. First, mo- first and foremost, I was an officer. That's what I was trained for. And then I did nursing. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, was that was the nursing kind of like a secondary thing, or was well, yeah. I mean, that's what I went to work for was mm-hmm. to work in the nursing department. Uh, but as far as training goes, first and foremost, you're always trained as an officer. Okay. So if I was to be pulled, if I needed to be pulled as an officer, I could be pulled as an officer to work a unit. See, that's kind of interesting. If I had to be, I didn't know that. Yeah, that goes for so, everybody. That goes for everybody except for the doctors. Really? Because that goes against their oath. Okay, I see. I see. So they didn't do firearms training. They didn't do, uh, well, they did do the self-defense, but not firearms. And I kind of, that would kind of suck. I wouldn't want to be a doctor then because, I mean, then yeah, you're you not, would. You're yeah, not you cleared would. to. Yeah, you would because you only had to do five years as a doctor there if you wanted really? to. Really? Yeah, and you could come in at any age and work five years and get full retirement. Oh my God! Wow. Now, why is that? Because they're doctors. Yeah, and they need doctors, and a lot of doctors come from their personal, uh, like a um, like practice, personal practice, yeah, their own practice, and that malpractice law uh, insurance that they have gets Mm -hmm. so expensive. So, if they want to get away from doing that, they can come and work at some place like this, and they're covered under the federal. Wow. So they could come, so they can come there and do five years and retire with a full retirement. But there was a lot of doctors that stayed a lot longer than that. Okay, okay, and they got full. So that you, like you said, they got full retirement after right. five years. That's right. crazy. So that means if you come out of high school, do med school, what's med school take like what ten years plus residency? Probably I seven. I think it's like twelve years total after residency. I have no idea. I'm not sure on that one. I think I think that's 
if there's any doctors out here listening to this, which I highly doubt there is because only <laughs> idiots probably listen to this podcast. But if you're a doctor out there, I'm sorry if I'm getting this wrong. Jacob, are you pulling that up right yep, now? Thank you. Good job, Mr. Producer. So I'm thinking, what, you're 18 whenever you get out of high school. So you're 30 by the time you get done. And do, it, do they take... Like fresh doctors, would they take fresh I was doctors? Say, sure, are they, they probably to... would if they needed them. They probably would. Uh, takes... It's like nurse practitioners. They have nurse practitioners. They have PAs. They have physician assistants. They have pharmacists. Yeah. yeah. It takes ten to fourteen years. Ten to fourteen to years. So a doctor, to, probably depending on what kind of. Let's doctor. go long. Right. Let's go long run here. So you're what? Thirty-two. You're yeah. thirty-two by the time you get out of school. You start fresh at the at the pen, and then I just my mind went blank. I can do math, trust me. Um, so, but then like what you're then you're thirty seven yeah. by the time you retirement with full retirement. That's kind of nuts. That's what I was sorry. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. You could retire at thirty seven. So, anybody listening to this got some kids? Nudge them in that direction, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Asians are already gonna be like, "You doctor, you doctor now." <laughs> Talking you will be doctor <laughs> talking there two year old the two years like oh my god okay um so he got a scalpel in its hand god bless i don't know there's some weird parents out there that i mean that would be a pretty good career choice but i feel like i don't know it'd be stressful very stressful well i've heard some different things about like residencies and stuff or uh doctor doctorate students and stuff and i've heard that's pretty i don't know we're getting off on a tangent screw that whatever i don't want to talk about that we are or we are. <laughs> i am sorry okay. thank you so the royal we what kind of made you want to get into this dina was there any like drive behind it was there any like oh this is what i want to do or was it just kind of like oh you know this seems like a pretty good stable job with good benefits or we'll do this for now and Were then, you already in the medical field? I worked in nursing homes right. for a little over three years. Doing medical doing, space. Doing a uh, lot of CNA work. And I was taking classes to go to nursing school. Mm -hmm. And I had a relative who was working at the FedMed who had worked there since she was 19. Oh, wow. And th so what I started out at doing was CNA work, which is certified mm -hmm. nurse assistant. And they were starting a new program in the early 90s with hiring CNAs. Before that, they didn't have CNAs. They had inmates taking care of inmates. Oh, really? So that became where that, that didn't work. That wasn't working because the inmate would strong arm, the working inmate would strong arm the sick inmate, and they wouldn't take care of them unless they paid them something. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they started looking into a CNA program. So I hired on as a CNA and uh, she called me and said, Hey, they're doing this. And you, you would be, she talked to me a lot. She said, you'd be good at this apply. So actually I got the application. A good friend of mine helped me. Uh, fill out the application, which we thought we did a great job. And she took the application and made me look like I shit gold. <laughs> really? <laughs> but I, and I got on and 
So I worked as um, a CNA for several years, for a few years on what they referred to as the death ward at the time. Because when I first started, they had a lot of AIDS patients and... um, All those showers together. (laughs) Not on that ward. um, New meaning to don't drop the soap then. Because that's when the Haitians were coming over uh, in boats and stuff. And we, yeah, that was a whole, they, they were a whole different group. Breed. Yeah, breed. Um, okay, so <clears throat> now that we've kind of established what led up to that career, what was your first kind of, if you could think back, what was your first initial reaction to like your first day on the job? Was it kind of a shock? Well, when I I put in for the job, I was like, okay, I can do this. It made me really nervous to put in for the job, but uh, my cousin reassured me, and I was I I was pretty nervous about it because mm-hmm. um, I came from a nursing home where you I care I loved working in a nursing home because I love working with the older people, mm-hmm. and I cared for them, and I knew that I couldn't be that person when I went through. When I went behind the wall, I yeah. knew I couldn't do that. So that was going to be a big change, and that worried me. Um, so, what was your question? I'm sorry. It's okay. Well, like, was it kind of a shock on your first, like, your first few days? Well, my first few days there was actually three weeks of IF training. Mm-hmm. Is what they do, what they did, and you know what? I'm not sure that they do that much training anymore. <clears throat> they do it that long. You did three weeks of in-house training, and then I got shipped to a it used to be an old army base Mm -hmm. in the South. And I was down there for three weeks and I had to pass everything down there that I went through. So, and it was shocking. Yes. So my first day there, mm -hmm. you walk in as a group and you're escorted in because you're new into it. Mm -hmm. And I was down in the tunnel and here's all these inmates walking by me. And I'm thinking, Oh shit. Oh shit. What have I done? What have I done? I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And I go to class and I had a lot of really good instructors at the time that were really what what we referred to as dinosaurs, but they were they were really good. They mm-hmm. were really good uh, instructors. Um, they didn't you did not get treated like you would now. You okay. got told you are a dumbass, you are a dumbass. You can't do that now. You know what I mean? You can't talk to people like that because you'll get in trouble. (laughs) Because trust me, as my career went on, I got in trouble for that. Um, I also know what it feels like (laughs) to not be able to say that. (laughs) Yeah, but you work with little kids. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that was a joke. So my first day there, we all went to the OM to eat. And then I found out that inmates fixed the food. I could no longer. I never ate at the OM again. (laughs) I couldn't do it because I just... And I know staff watched them as years went on. I know staff watched there and watched the inmates. And I knew some of the inmates. And some of the inmates were really good bakers. I mean, really good cooks. Mm-hmm. They taught them. They had that. They had that class. You know, we had to teach. They were taught a, a um, culinary. Yeah, stuff. they did those. And, but they were also ta- told if they weren't, if they didn't have a job, if they didn't have any skill, they were. They were putting something to put in a place to give them a skill. Mm-hmm. So if when they got out, they were able to maybe make a living without being a thief or a crook or a whatever. 
but I just couldn't go back. But I know for years that there was people who always went to the OM for dinner. Okay. But I never could. Um, <laughs> never did again. <laughs> so I have a question really you. quick. Go ahead. Just for personal interest. Nobody else probably cares. But what was grandma and grandpa's reaction to you getting a job up there? Oh, you know, grandpa. <laughs> yeah, you'll not be able to do that. They're going to eat you up. Grandma. Yeah, you better be careful. You know, they didn't. I, I really don't remember them saying too much. Yeah. Uh, mom always worries, but mom is a worrier. Right. And, but I don't really remember too much like about it. Like there wasn't it. a big fuss I don't, about No, it I anything. really don't remember it. I don't really think they it. could fuss too much about it. I mean, it's a job. Yeah. It was a good paying job. What? I wonder if there's a little bit. The only thing about it was like the danger part of it. <laughs> right. And, right. Um, and I tried to reassure him that, you know, as as time went on, I reassured him. But there's always a possibility that something could happen. Did, Do you think their mind was put at ease a little bit with the cousin? Yeah. Being I there think so. as well. I think so. Probably. Yeah. And a friend of mine also had started a few months. I was supposed to start uh, about six months earlier, but they said something happened to my paperwork. So I actually didn't start till the spring of the following year, which was fine. Right. So you said that you went and did all your trainings and stuff before you started. Was that like kind of you were lumped in with a group of other individuals as kind of like a class almost? Yeah. A like class. A, I have a picture of the class that I went through my training with in, in, in the South. Do you remember, were there anybody that kind of dropped out during the training or quickly after they got there kind of realized oh this isn't no, for not me really really no not really and <clears throat> and part of the training you know we did we had to get up and run every morning we had to be physically mm -hmm. fit so we had to get up and run then we had to get into our we had uh, our dress clothes our federal <clears throat> clothes that we had to wear was at that time was these god-awful ugly dress gray pants black shoes black socks and a white shirt with i had to wear a little bow tie a little female bow tie, not a bow tie like a man would wear, but mm -hmm. it's like a cross. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I had to wear that. Um, made a lot of great friends down there. Drank way too much. <laughs> but hey. that's way, that, you know, that was the first time I ever been that far away mm -hmm. from home. And um, so it was, it was different. But, and, um, you know, I've always shot guns around here. Uh, one of my brothers, we'd always shoot. But down there was really, we had a firing range and we shot, uh, you know, nine millimeters. At the time when I first started, we did uh, 38s revolvers. And then we went to nine millimeters. And I had to learn how to take a gun apart in the dark and put it back together. That's pretty awesome. I had to do that, which, which was pretty cool. Which and guns? you had to still do it. it. I, could I still do it? Yeah. Probably the nine millimeter I might be able yeah. to. Which guns did you have to know how to do that to? The, the, um, Taking apart the, rev the revolver at the time to clean it and everything. And then we did uh, M16 and a shotgun. Nice. That's pretty good. So we did that. And I enjoyed that stuff. I really liked that stuff. And, and so, and we had to requalify every year to do that. So for, but I didn't have to take the gun apart and do all that. You just it had got, to requalify for shooting. To, yeah. We just had to qualify for shooting. Did you have to go back down there and do that? No, or did you? Have we have our own range. So we had to do it there. That's pretty. Um, and then you had to pass your, we had to do um, self-defense, which was a lot different then. It was, um, 
I can't even remember the names of it. It's probably a lot of, uh, what do you, you've taken, oh, you've taken self-defense, not self-defense. Uh, martial arts. Yeah, martial arts, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to, <laughs> I can't remember the names of them, but did a lot of holds and learned a lot of, I learned a lot of stuff. And a lot of people got hurt, mm -hmm. so <clears throat> they would be out for a little while. But Do you remember, <clears throat> was it more stuff like, chokes you know keeping somebody away from you at distance yes like hey get you know and and if they came at you mm -hmm. to turn yeah and take them down like that take their take their hand turn them take them down or so take them behind in that training i assume there were um <clears throat> classes and they taught you tactics on how to mentally be able to handle your yeah, job I was as gonna, well I was thinking not about just that too. Physically keep yourself safe. But, Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, get in that right. kind of dark mindset. Right. So they teach you to uh, how confrontation, which I kind of failed on that at one point because they had a prison. No. They had like, <laughs> no. Well, because I didn't back down. No, I know. The I figured that was exactly it. The role, we did roles and the role I was, of course, was the officer and an inmate got the, the, the guy that was the role, pl the, the so role, role player, player was yeah. the inmate. He got in my face. Well, I got back in his face and <laughs> the Lieutenant came over and said, okay, that's it. You can't be doing that. You've got to step back. You don't, you don't get back in their face. You got too close to him. You're going to get hurt. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Because he was yelling at me, and I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna not get taking hurt. that stuff. They're going to get hurt. <laughs> and he's like, no, you can't do that. You're going to step back. So, that makes me think of the meme where it's like, call an ambulance, call an ambulance, but not, but not for, me. for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pulls out. She actually has a sidearm. Not for me. But not for me. So they had a jail cell set up and everything for that. And yeah, but I, I learned pretty quick on that. And then uh, they took us hostage. That was oh, nice. part of our... They told us the first day that we had class. We did a lot of class time, but we also did a lot of, because there's a lot of, of uh, policies and regulations and, you know, policies and procedures that you have to follow. And you have to make sure that if you, you're, you are covered, if something goes wrong, as long as you're in your scope of duty mm -hmm. and you have to make sure you know what your scope of duty is. If you step out of your scope of duty, then you could be in trouble. And you had to know that if you are out of your scope of duty, that, they might not, if it came down to a lawsuit with an inmate or something like that, that they may not protect you because you were out of your scope of duty. So you have to re you have to remember what your scope of duty is. So, so that was kind of drilled. Does that mean a inmate could sue you? Yes. <laughs> and and I went through that at one time. Not me personally, but a good friend of mine that I worked with. We went. Um, she he was trying to sue her. Yeah. And I got called in on that. Me and several of the other uh, staff members got called in to be witnesses against him, which hmm. he lost it because he lost his sh shit in the courtroom because <laughs> he didn't <laughs> like what everybody was saying. But anyway, so they took us hostage mm -hmm. when they told us the first day that they would take us hostage. You don't know when, you don't know how, but one day in your three weeks here uh -huh. of training. And to clarify will... this, yeah, this was training. So yeah, you... this was training. Yeah. In in your weeks of training, you will be taken hostage. Man, imagine you get there right after that, they just take you hostage. <laughs> e 
even you knowing <laughs> even knowing it was all role play yeah they acted like inmates i mean they put pillowcases over our heads they made you do stuff that you wouldn't want to you don't want to do yeah <laughs> and you had to go through it uh man i almost hyperventilated cuz i had that pillowcase over my head and is that still standard procedure 30 years later i honestly do not know because i I, if it's not it should be yeah i mean really it sounds terrifying but i i get that's yeah i kind of doubt it is if you can't even flat out like tell somebody you're screwing up you're being an idiot i don't think you're gonna be able to kidnap somebody and do the same thing that they did well really in if they're not doing that these days it's kind of a they're kind of stealing. They're kind of not stealing. It's they're kind of injustice. It, it is an injustice because you have to be prepared. I mean, and I would imagine that, that, kind of stuff. that kind of a job too, no matter how much they quote unquote prepare you, you're never fully prepared. Uh, 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 yeah. Like they can throw all these scenarios at you, but till it actually happens, till it actually happens, how or there's react. just that little spin on it. That's a little bit different than what they taught you that could make, but it makes a you think difference. it makes you think and it makes you realize where you're at, where you're going into, where you're stepping into. Cause every day, every day you're stepping into a place that is full of people who have killed somebody, raped somebody, pedophiles, uh, you know, drugs and, and you know what you're stepping into. Once you go through that Sally port, you have to be aware of your surroundings at all times. Mm-hmm. You should be. So, Dan, do you have... I was really curious about orientation. We've had Mm. a lot of talks over the years about it, but um, a lot of my questions are based around, um, you know, how did you maintain boundaries? Um, You know, what kind of qualities are needed for this job to be successful because one thing that I think would be really hard about this job is, you know, there's always bullshit at your place of work with your employees, but then you couple that with criminals, mm-hmm. criminal masterminds, 24 mm-hmm. seven. They're all terrible. They're not masterminds. But, yeah. Some of them are pretty f- stupid. stupid, but, but, but they have 24 seven to try and to, get you to screw I up mean, to help yeah. them. Yeah. They have no, what else do they have to do? Uh, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, I th- those are kind of some of the things that I am curious about. I mean, um, do you have to like pep talk yourself every day on the way to work or did it get very routine like any other job? There was a lot of days I prayed on the way to work. Yeah. Um, which... I still do, <laughs> even though oh. I don't work there. But on the way there, yeah. And you have to, you just, um, I don't know, it was a job. You walked in, and I was very, very fortunate at the time I started that there was, uh, you know, I could, I, if you had a confrontation with, um, with your coworkers, you could have a confrontation with your coworkers. You never did it in front of inmate. You never, you had those confrontations. Of course you do. Cause there's always drama everywhere. Right. And the inmates love that drama. Oh, I bet. They love to, and they'll go 
they'll feed into it. You know, they'll add, Hey, I heard nurse. So-and-so was saying this shit about you. And, that is you know, not funny, and, but I could that, you imagine if you were that bored, that I'd is, be like, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm stir the that pot is a little funny. bit. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. probably do something like that. I'd be like, Hey, you definitely would. I would be like, you Hey, nurse so-and-so it. said this about you. This is the one that like, calls me every Wednesday. Yeah. You gossip. You do it. If I you do. Were working I do. there. I, I'm like, just hey, check in. I'm like, hey, Dan, I'm just checking in. What's the gossip? What's the word around? <laughs> oh my god. What's, what's the word around the, the valley, tea, man? What's, what's the tea? tea? Not that I'm gonna tell anybody else, but I just right. like to know. He just wants to know. I just he wants to be know. in. He the just know. likes to have dirt on other people. No, it's not even that. It's just sure. like, I don't like the fact that I'm nosy, but I am. I just like to know. I just like to be. I don't like to be left out on the secret, if that makes sense. Like right. I just. Right. Like if there's a secret to know, like, yeah. Ooh, what was it? Oh, what was it? Carson. Oh. Carson was calling me gay, but. So. Oh. So. Yeah. So. The. Hold on, we're gonna. We got it. We, we kind of well, we kind of got a little break here okay. in the action, so I'm gonna go ahead and we're gonna end this segment. Okay. Take an ad break real quick, and we'll be right back. Hi everyone. Are you tired of relying on our unstable food chain? If so, you're in luck. If you live in the greater southwest Missouri area, our new sponsor, Wilson Farms, can provide you with homegrown beef. Wilson Farms can provide you knowledge and confidence that your beef is ethically raised and harvested. For more info, call 417-838-2451. Or you can call 417-838-5237 and let them know we sent you. All right, we're back. Um, Dina, real quick, is going to finish up the story over her conflict training. So we were talking about, um, we were talking more about like employee Mm -hmm. heaven. Yeah. Confrontations. Even, Even though we had confrontations with one another, we didn't, I never if I had confrontation with somebody, I never doubted that if something went down inside the wall, that that staff member, even though I had confrontation with them, we had disagreements about something. I never doubted the fact that if something went down, they had my back. I, I just, I never felt like that person would not help me out mm-hmm. if needed. I just want to make sure I got that in there. Cause that's very important at closer to the end of my career when people started retiring i started getting a little more nervous because you had newer people that you didn't know too much about and it was a different time they were trained different than i was and i could have stayed longer at the prison system but i got out i retired because i started feeling like those people that knew who i was might not have my back mm-hmm. like the people prior to well, earlier I, in my career. People that uh, were there retiring whenever you got there might have felt the same way. Exactly. Though. Exactly. Well, but, and I think it goes into you build such a bond with the people that you work with and you get to know them so much. And then in kind of trailing off, I don't know if we were talking about it during the podcast, maybe during the break, but we were talking about, uh, how similar it is to veterans and stuff. You think about oh, them guys yeah. in world war two, they'd fight and fight and fight. And basically their entire unit sometimes will get 
or a large chunk of it would just get decimated and then they would get a bunch of fresh recruits in and they wouldn't know the guys they wouldn't some of them wouldn't even want to talk to the guys they would just be like hey dumbass come over here do this and and i have to say when i first started i was not i was not uh i didn't feel very welcomed because mm -hmm. i was young and i was stupid and they talked to me like that well and nowadays you can't do that and and that as i look back and as my career went on, I, I did the same thing. And they were trying to make me understand where I was at. This is where you're at. You can't act like that. You can't do this. You can't do that. You're not talking about this. And so them getting them teaching me where, where I was at yeah. and where to act and how to act and drilling <coughs> that into my head. And some some officers were not very nice about it. But as Do you like think I that said, it came from a place of I'm trying to keep you safe though. Right. Quit right. being an idiot. Yeah. 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 But as my career went on, if you did that to some, they were like going to the supervisor saying, Oh, they're being mean to me. She talked mean to me. She can't talk to me like that. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I can. Well, <laughs> and I do, will. How do you think the inmates are gonna talk right. to you? Right. Exactly. The inmates are gonna be I'm three I, times as worse, in my opinion. Or the goal the goal I of the imagine. day is we all go home to our families. That's that's our goal for the day. Is in your eight hour, ten hour, twelve hour shift, or if you work a double and you do sixteen, your goal is that you go home to see your family. These guys stay behind bars, you go home and see your family, and you make you make sure that the community is safe because that was our goal. Mm -hmm. So these guys stay in the wall. You go home. Back up real quick. This just sparked a question. You said some people would have to pull doubles, like 16-hour shifts. Yeah. Do you think that that's safe? Because um, I feel like it. the longer it, you're there, the more exhausted you are, you kind of put your guard down. Right. That doesn't seem smart. You didn't always stay in the same unit for that 16 hours. Okay. Um. But yeah, it does become an issue, but, but it was necessary. You yeah. can't leave a unit that's not with a guard on it. Right. Yeah. You have to have an officer there. <clears throat> and so if somebody called in, you didn't have anybody on sick and annual, you had to, yeah, I'll stay, I'll stay for the shift. Um, and they may, they may switch you. Sometimes they didn't switch you to another unit and you stayed there and yeah it can be you can have sometimes some issues with inmates trying to get away with something because you're doing a 16 hours and they know you're tired right but a lot of officers work a lot of overtime can officers so basically an officer is an officer and i mean i've been there i know kind of the units and how they work. So any officer can go fill in, in any unit. You don't have to be like special qualified mm. for. Yeah. Right. This right. place or that place. Right. Okay. You have to be qualified to work anywhere. I could have worked if I so was. So they could have, <clears throat> since you were officer first, if they need to pull you, they're going to pull you. Even though I worked as a nurse assistant, if I needed to work a, if it was, if it would, they were so short 
if I had to work a unit, I would work a unit. Yes. Did you ever have to do that? No, fortunately I did not. Um, I did not want to work a unit by myself. So that, <laughs> that brings up my, a couple of my questions. Um, what was like the number of staff in a unit? How many unit, like how many people, including just regular COs were in? Cause did you guys have COs, other COs in there? Or was it just you nurses and like, Oh, uh, you had one CO for a one unit. One CO for yeah. a unit? You might have, trying to think, one of the units might have a hundred and uh, hundred some inmates, but mm -hmm. you got one, you, you got one CO. And that would just be you? Yes. So, so you, you got, so there was one building had two floors. Mm -hmm. You had an officer on each floor. Oh, really? So yeah. it was just one per floor? Yep. Okay. Hmm. That would be. I'd be kind of shitting my pants a little bit. I'd be, yeah, no, I'm not going to lie. I'd be like, Oh, I need to change my shorts guys. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, I've heard that though. That just seems like a kind of a dangerous ratio. Yeah. Well, well, how I, many I, inmates were on each think, floor though? You, well, I can't remember the, I mean, one building was <clears throat> one building. There was a, um, there would be there one building was probably there was about a hundred and some each floor probably had anywhere from 50 to 60 inmates on the floor. So about 50 inmates to you. Yeah. Ratio 51. Yeah. I'm trying to remember how many was on my floor. I don't remember how many was on my floor. I can picture the floor now, but counting cause we had to, we would jigger for the officers. We counted with the officers at night or whenever mm -hmm. we counted. And we always had a jigger to um, stand in the hallway so you didn't have an inmate running from, like if they were trying to screw up count, mm -hmm. running from one room to the other so the count came. Oh, I see. Okay. They're um, just trying to spice things up. Right. <laughs> have a little fun right. in their day. <laughs> right. <laughs> you get pretty bored in there, yeah, Dan. Um, so kind of going... Here. No, I'm over here. Back. <laughs> I, joke's on you. I was actually in the other room, too. Um, uh, on this floor. Now you see me. Now you don't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, another question I had. Uh, you said there was so during your first time there, you were new there. You had to learn some things, like not to say. So, like, what were some things you wouldn't talk about in front of the inmates? Family, family for sure. Yeah, like kind of personal, personal life stuff. Family, yeah. Okay. Personal, anything personal. You wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I'm going down to such and such on right. night, Saturday night. Right. Yeah. Right. So and, what and you didn't, you well, just didn't. Well, I also had a question. What were some of the rules that, like, the prison itself had? Like, I know that you couldn't take your cell phone in. You're not supposed to take your cell phone in. What were some of the other rules that they had in place to kind of protect you and also keep the inmates from knowing too much and getting too well, you much. Didn't, you, didn't, you didn't talk about your personal life in front of an inmate. You didn't have, like, at Dan's job, she probably could take pictures of her family and put them on her desk. You didn't do that there. You didn't want to have that. Mm -hmm. You didn't, because they knew <laughs> what vehicles I drive. When I got a new vehicle, they knew I had a new vehicle because they could see out the window where I parked. Oh, really? And they'd know, hey, I saw you got that new car. That's a nice car. Well, thank you. I like it. What happened to your other one? Did you uh, wreck it? Did you do that? No, I just decided to get a new vehicle, you know. 
Um, hmm. But so but, you keep uh, it pretty surface level, but friendly enough to not make yourself miserable. Right. Yeah. Not I mean, make you, didn't you a go, target. Don't talk to me, you or, stupid yeah, inmate. Right. Or not make you a target. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Do they? Obviously, I'm sure some of them try to push push it push oh, for yeah. information, but do some of them just respect it and? Yeah. Like, yeah, but they're always listening. I mean, like, um, even in what we call like a fishbowl, which is our nurse's station, which is mm -hmm. nothing but glass, you know, you're, it's a fishbowl mm -hmm. and they, they can read lips, they can see. And, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, we, we talked when we went out and worked on the floor. Sometimes we got to talking and they found out and we joked with them. There was some of them, but when I first started working there, I, like I said, I worked on what was referred to as the death ward and you have to joke, you have to talk, you have to, it's survival. You talk about, you know, what's going on, not necessarily in our personal life, but mm. what you just, you have to joke, you have to make light of things. But, um, I've lost track of what I was saying. Sorry. It's okay. Um, another one of the questions I had, which this is kind of, just a personal thing here did they because you see it in every i mean this might be cliche as hell and i don't care because i'm actually curious do they actually use like cigarettes and stuff as currency they did in there they did to buy yeah to be able to buy stuff they okay. trade cigarettes and stuff yeah um because they were, have a commissary were they but they don't have cigarettes at the, at the time i started yes they did okay. have cigarettes they bought cartons of cigarettes. They had commissary, so they could go to the commissary once a week, uh, family or however. If they worked, they could get, they got paid so much for their job and they get paid month, once a month and they could go to commissary and buy cigarettes at the time. Well, then the government decided because it was unhealthy for them to have cigarettes because, you know, they could get lung cancer, they could get this, they get that oh, from. Man from cigarettes so i bet that was a shit show after they it, changed it was that. it was um a difficult time because lots of times all you needed to calm an inmate down if they were going off would be i'll give you a cigarette and let's talk about it let's so, smoke a cigarette and let's talk about you let's calm down let's talk about what the real issue is so getting rid of the cigarettes were was a it bad was kind of scary. Mm -hmm. It was kind of scary because that's really sometimes all it took for that confrontation to chill out. So you gave me a tour mm -hmm. once mm -hmm. and I remember talking to somebody that was kind of in charge of the religion uh -huh. section uh -huh. of the, anyways, there was some sort of religion this person was telling us about that. I don't know. They got to pass around this peace pipe thing with that, tobacco. And it was funny because the employee was like, you wouldn't believe how many people converted once yeah. they found out that they got to smoke a little bit during their, I want to call it the sweat lodge. Their, I'm not sure I, that's I what it's called. I, I can't remember. I don't remember, but, was, but I just <clears throat> remember thinking that was, they funny. had it, it. It was Indian. Some, it had to do with Indians. American, and they had this American little thing outside, outside, like a, yeah, anyways, and it was covered. So there they, were like so many people converted when, when this 
when they found out that yeah, they, hey, do you, you could go out there? And you go to this church bit. on Wednesday night. Right. We can have a little bit. You know, we can smoke some some tobacco. Yeah. It's like, oh, dude, I want which get they can't. That. I would assume they can't deny him that if that's their religion. They have to right? somehow prove that that's really what they are. Okay. So maybe I mean, it, it was, was that they tried to convert <clears throat> to whatever it was, but I don't know. I maybe some of them were out. successful. I want to. Yeah. I want to call it the sweat lodge, and it was outside, and it was made of wooden and they would cover it and they would have uh their rocks and they had and they had their sweat time in there i'm not sure if that's what it was called but that's what they did hmm. and they could smoke their whatever i don't know pipe. i just imagine yeah. Yeah, in there. <laughs> make good medicine right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man gosh i'm kind of i'm i'm at a loss here dan you gotta dan's got a whole dan's got a list Let's go. Questions. So might not get to them all, but who knows? I want to know how you handled who you were caring for. Did you? I'm sure there's some sort of a system that is an inmate file in a computer or whatever that says this is why they're here <clears throat> X, Y, and Z. Did you try to avoid even looking into that? There or was and, and I'm sure there's hearsay and talk like, oh, this person did this. How do you, because there's certain so, things that I, I think I would have a hard time, you know? Yes. So there was uh, uh, a lot of things I didn't, I, I didn't want to know what they did. It made it harder for pedophiles and stuff like that. It was hard for me to um, care for them, but that was my job. And that's what I did. So I tried not to look at um, any of their case files. And yeah, we talked about them. And once you find out, it's hard to deal with them. You do change your attitude about it. But it's your job. You do what is necessary. You do what you're supposed to do. You do your job. And you do it daily. You do what you're supposed to do. Um, like I can remember where the floor I worked on when I first started, there was an inmate that used to come up because we had doctor's office on our, on our uh, floor and he used to come up and he watched, he'd watch us women in there. And there was one guy that worked with us at the time, one nurse, and he would just watch us. And he had, you know, you can, I, I don't know if you've ever been around anybody, but you look at somebody's eyes and you just see evil mm -hmm. and you saw evil in his eyes. And one of the girls I worked with is like, I won't even say what she said. She was just like, I'm going to go read his freaking case file because he is flipping me out. He's just really freaking me out. And I'm tired of him looking at me like that. So she went down and read his case file. And she came back and told us, well, he had murdered women. And he had taken their uteruses out and made a soup of them and would eat and would drink the soup. That's what was in the case file. That's wild. Yeah. Now that's been many, that that's been many, many years ago. But, uh, after that, she's, she called the officer and said, get this fucker off this floor. I can't stand him looking at me anymore. Did they oblige? Did they take him, take him he away? He went, he went on back. He had a doctor's call out. So he went back to the doctor's call out and he left. They got him off the floor. He was making us nervous. Not that he would have done anything. He probably wouldn't have. He was just, it was just the idea. You knew what he did to women. You knew he hated women. And it was just, you saw in his eyes evil. 
And there's just God, that's so just could some you messed refuse up stuff. to no tree? No, 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 no. So it wasn't like no. a that's not why that's 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 why we came in because inmates would do that when inmates were taking care of inmates. See what I'm saying? It's my job. Right. So there's no this happened, we're refusing. Right. They can oh. refuse treatment. They can they refu can. they can okay. refuse treatment. They can refuse for me to do something, for me to do something for them, but is they that didn't heavily get, they didn't get their way. So, like, they didn't get their way because the minute they got their way, then they could come along and say, Well, I don't want you doing it either. I don't want her doing it. I don't want him doing it. So no. If he tried to refuse me taking a him taking helping him with a shower or whatever, uh, then you it's either me or nobody. You're not taking a right. shower. Well, I'm not taking a shower. Like you don't okay, get to pick and go choose. Take, go back to your room then. You're not picking and choosing. This isn't right. the game we play. Okay. Hmm. Um. So, on your floor, did you was there a lot of? I mean, I wouldn't say a lot because I could imagine. There wouldn't be a whole ton, but was there very much like inmate to inmate relations? contact, <laughs> relation, contact, relations, aggression, fights? How much did the inmates interact and what are some kind of interesting? Oh, the inmates interact all the time. The inmates walk around the, the, the place I worked at. They walked mm -hmm. around. They, they worked on the institution. Okay. Yeah, so being they somebody that was an outsider that did tour the place a couple times, I didn't know that was a thing. So you're just, I mean, you're just, you're just in I there. was even, I mean, I was with her and I, but I oddly, I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but I never really felt unsafe, but they just, they were wandering the halls. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It, they, just, it just wasn't, I guess what I envisioned. They mm -hmm. had somebody what, who wasn't in, they had what was called an open movement where they could move from building to building if they needed to if they needed to go to a call out which would be a doctor's office a dentist office or mm -hmm. uh to commissary or something like that or they would move at that time go okay. to physical therapy because they had physical therapy they have uh the pharmacy they have uh the, like i said dentist office doctor's offices and they went to them and they had to do it on the they did it when it was open movement. Mm -hmm. And so is that a certain and time then at the beginning, when I first started, we had passes, they had to have a pass on them. You'd write them a pass. Where are you going? You're going to the doctor. Here's pass. Then it became, and they could, then it became an open movement. There was a certain time they had 10 minutes to get from where they were going to here, you know, which didn't you tell me before? Cause there's elevators and stuff that if you didn't feel comfortable safe or comfortable, you could like, right. You but don't I have to ride that. that elevator with them. I you could ask like, him. You could ask him to get off, okay. get off the elevator. But I never did that because that made you look like you were a wuss. scared. And, yeah. yeah, and you don't want. You don't want to. You do don't want to. You don't want to be representing being a wuss because then you're going to have everybody going. Hey, there's been your. Or, you know, there she is. So she's what, trying to. Were there a lot of times that you were like, "Yeah, I'm actually scared shitless." I have asked. I have asked an inmate to move to the back. I'm like. Uh, if I got on the inmate, I'm like, go to the back. You know, if he had, he, if he was standing by the controls of, mm -hmm. the, of the elevator, I'm like, get back there. Yeah. But that's been the only thing I've ever done. I've never, I never ask anybody to step off. Yeah. Hmm. So were there many like fights or anything between inmates? Was yeah, there always the, a fight all the time? Yeah. 
not maybe not all the time. Full moons, people laugh about a full moon, but I'm telling you, the worst time to work in a in an environment like that or a is school. A, uh, yeah. Or, or a hospital. Yeah. Is a like, full yeah. moon. It's, really? Yeah. That's, that's, that's no joke. That's that, no that myth no right there. No, it's really not. I mean, I didn't work in a prison, but it's really not. It's a know true, it's a true thing. Yeah, it's, I've heard uh, a lot about like urgent care centers too, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, the worst thing is full moons. Yeah. They always prepare. So, there was uh, and the night after the one the one building the first building i worked in when i worked there had two floors mm-hmm. and i worked on the second floor so there was one guy one inmate uh that worked that lived down on the first floor well he was a real thug and he stole from all he would they would come upstairs because they had physical therapy up there and doctor's office and he'd come upstairs and up on my floor mainly was sicker people. So he would, if he got a chance, he would get into one of those sicker inmates and steal commissary or do whatever. Well, he got caught one time. Well, he got caught more than once, but one of the inmates got fed up with him doing it. So, you know, these little Bic razors, okay? The little cheap Bic razors that you can, you mm-hmm. know, travel razors. They, they could, they got those. The officer had them. They could get them from them. And you can take those little bitty razors out of those, out of those Bic razors, and you can melt it into a toothbrush, if you want to, and make make a, a knife, make a knife. And so this guy, what he did was, and and he got tired of this inmate stealing from him. So what he did is he got some of those razors and he put tape on one end of it and he put them in between his fingers. Ooh. So when he came off the elevator at one of the floors, this inmate happened to be there and he came off, jumped on him and just started slapping him. Well, every time he slapped him with both hands, oh, he God. just sliced him. Oh God. So he's, he sliced his face and his throat and his arms and the off, I mean, it got stopped, but yeah, he sliced him up pretty good. Did he survive? Oh yeah, he survived. He was. I was just kind of wondering enough. If, if he hit his jugular, that could. Well, and that was another story back uh, towards the end of my career. Eric, that I wouldn't get. We're, we're getting a little low on time, so Sorry. don't get into another full blown story. But that, uh, God, that would. I, well, I'm just. I don't want her to get into like a big long. Well, just a real quick one. Okay, is, go ahead. It was go another ahead. one that when I, because I, I worked in another field and this other inmate, he also stole a lot and they got him and they got his, they nicked his jugular and mm-hmm. he ended up by the officer station on the floor. And when you, when we got called for an emergency, because there was emergency, so we got called for an emergency. When you stepped off <clears throat> of the elevator, there was nothing but blood. God. And people fell in the blood and, but he lived and I did wow. a medical procedure on him the next morning. They took him to a downtown hospital, sewed him up, got him taken care of. He came back and I did a medical procedure on him the next morning Good God. because they're taking them out of the facility. They for took him out. Yes. And they took him out of the facility at that time. Okay. And, and a lot, I mean, when I first started, we had an operating room. So we had a lot of, we did operations, uh, in, at the, at the facility and we had an anesthesiologist on, on board. Were they ever major operations though? Yeah, they were, I mean, cut off limbs did, you know, um, 
uh, appendectomies, uh, different, I can't think of all, I didn't work up there, but they did, they did do a lot of procedures up there mm-hmm. and they had, I mean, they did operations daily until we lost our, not lost, but she retired our anesthesiologist and then things kind of started changing. So, so if somebody was out more. of the facility, um, just guarding somebody in a hospital, mm-hmm. would you just call the next guy on shift and be like, Hey, you need to head to right they, the hospital instead of they had the facility they had certain officers who worked downtown mm. okay gotcha so they would but they would check in at one place because they had gear they had to have and then they would take the gear with them downtown gotcha okay okay all right we're gonna go ahead and take a quick ad break and we will be right back all right and we're back so now that we've kind of laid the groundwork you know kind of got into some of the how Dina got her start inner in this, workings. like, yeah, inner workings, how the system kind of works a little bit. Um, from her, from her Dina's perspective. perspective, obviously, nobody's nobody here is a convicted felon or ever spent yep. any time in any sort of prison or jail yeah, that we know of. That we know of, you know, maybe Dan's got a background we don't know, but yeah, she just changed her name. <laughs> um, Dan's not even a real name. So <laughs> we're gonna kinda get in some pretty into some pretty interesting stories. Um Dean, I really don't know how to kick this off. I don't know which one which stories do you kind of want to lead off with. I mean uh, Jacob had kind of an idea of Yeah, I so she always tells me every time we bring up the prison system, she always tells me like about the mafia and that she worked with a lot of the were the, weren't they higher ups? Like, yeah, like didn't work the, with you know, treated. You know, I uh, well, let's whatever. Yeah, she wasn't affiliated. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's. They were clarify. free Rome mafia. <laughs> Before I even went into the prison system, mafia was. I was fascinated by the mafia. Godfather. I really love the movie Godfather. All three of them, and I I was always uh, intrigued. It was just interesting to me. I have to say one of the first ones I bagged and tagged, that'd be death, was um, one of the big mafios, mafiosos. He was a head of a, of a crime family. And it was, I just worked with him a couple of times, so I didn't really deal with him a lot. But I had to, he was my first bag and tag when I was there. And it was interesting. And um, I worked with a lot of the old mafia that was very, very respectful. Um, I never got called anything but Miss by my last name. They always called me Miss. They were always polite. Never tried to get me to do, I never felt like if they did, they, I didn't fall for it. Um, never tried to say, hey, you know, I hear you're having a hard time. <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of deal. Um they were just a big difference between, but they had their own. I mean, there was so there was several of them in on the floor that I worked on and they took care of each other. They looked out for each other. They cooked meals for each other on the floor, which smelt delicious. (laughs) And usually they got that food from the kitchen because they had somebody bring it up for them. They stuffed it in their pants or something from the kitchen. They had, they had connections they had one, there was one inmate that used to work in the kitchen. He would still, he would uh, bring hamburger and put it 
in saran wrap and wrap it around his waist so when you got pat down because you got patted down after you come out you wouldn't feel it on his butt he'd wrap it around his butt <laughs> Did he, he finally, get, got, he he got, finally caught? got caught with it yeah but and yeah wonder... it was hamburger and saran wrap on his ass man imagine <laughs> eating that it was saran mm. wrap i'm sure Yummy. he was clean oh let's yeah off, let's off a couple farts <laughs> yeah Ooh. but uh huh the yeah the the new the old that old mafioso was a lot different than the new as did you work with it. or did you worked with some both? newer yeah and the old was just very respectful. They did not bother you. They didn't ask for anything unless they really needed it. They watched out for one another. They had one old guy there that had, he had dementia. And one of the other guys that lived across the hall from him, he knew him from, you know, mm -hmm. from out on the streets. And he kind of watched over him and took care of him. Uh, me and one of the girls I worked with had this young punk came up. I can't remember what he did. But he, it was around, it was, we got done counting and I can't remember if we wrote him up or what it was, but he comes running down the hall and he jumps in the girl's face that I was working with and starts, rah, 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 you know, going off on her. And the officer's like, Hey, he got her in back and all this. Well, the next day we came to work and that kid came up to uh, both of us and apologized for his actions. Come to find out. The mafioso came to us later in the day and said, did that so-and-so come and apologize to you? And we were like, yeah, that's good. He won't bother you anymore. Oh, okay. We go into the office and like told our charge nurse, hey, this is what happened. And we're like, okay, we'll let them know. So we kind of reported that to make sure that we were covered. Mm -hmm. But he took care of it. We never had any trouble with that again. <clears throat> again. It's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, you got it in with, you got a little in with the mob right there <laughs> they were i, I Protection. never yeah and and they didn't tell i mean they really didn't tell anything i didn't i was scared to death to ask them <laughs> yeah but we had a can lot you of do the, that ask can em? you just ask them sure. about yeah yeah what? yeah did you ever ask anybody i, did, I told you i, was, uh, I asked some. no like not I've, just mafia but no like, i i've asked inmate you know i've had inmates i did treatments on that i ask them um why, why did you do what you did? He said, I have nine kids with eight different women. And he said, I support them all. And he said, I can't find a job. I'm not, I can't find a job that's going to support every kid that I have. And he said, so I did what I had to do. Hmm. So he broke the law and, but, and he got caught doing it. We had one old man. Do you, being a parent, do you have some empathy for that? Or do you think it's bullshit? You're like, you know, like take a, a, little, a little bit of I realize, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, like, like that's what I mean, like, right? Or do you think, like, find it? It's like it, it you kind of, I'm kind of like, you mean you couldn't have done something, something else, yeah, something besides breaking the law because now you're in jail, you're in prison, and your kids are out there without a father, right? And he's like, I did what I thought was right at the time, and and he got out. He eventually got, he did his time and got out, mm -hmm. but he was doing what he thought was best for his family at the time. Right. And yeah, it was wrong. It was illegal, but you kind of get it because he grew up in a much different place than what I grew up. Right. His upbringing was much different than mine. Mm -hmm. So, but we had one old man one time um, 
and it was sad. I, we all felt sorry for him because he was an old, he was an old man that could barely walk and he was on our floor. He was not sentenced at the time. So he couldn't leave the floor, but they let him stay up there. But what he did was he took a note to the bank for money. He basically, they saw him as robbing the bank, but the reason he did it was because he was running out of money. They didn't have the money to buy the heart medicine he needed for his wife. Mm. And that's what he was doing. So he robbed the bank, put him in prison and they put him up on our floor. Now he couldn't hardly walk. He looked like a turtle. I'm not kidding you. And I can remember his name and I can see him. But he's turtly enough for the turtle club. But I felt, <laughs> I felt sorry for him. Yeah. You did. Cause he was not, he did not need to be there. And in this atmosphere, he did not need to be, but they ended up dropping the charges and he went, him and his wife, they put him, they found a nursing home for them and put him in that, got him in there. Hmm. So. Um, that is sad. It is sad. It is sad. Like we were talking the other day how, you know, growing up, you think there's a good and a bad and the, but I just feel like they all can't be bad. Yeah. Growing up. No. You, you, you think like prison, think, bad, yeah, terrible. Everybody outside, good. Yeah. And, but, but there's always, whenever, every year you get closer and closer to seeing the, the big gray area. There's really right. hardly ever any instance where it's just black and white. Right, right. I don't know. I think that guy eating uteruses is pretty black and white to me. Oh, That's yeah. one I mean, of the exceptions. Yeah. I know. Just, like, I was just joking. I know. But we, like, know we were saying. talking the other night, like, you know, there's probably good and bad inmates. There's good and bad COs, there cops. There's good and bad teachers. There's good and bad. Of course there is. Preacher, whatever it is, you know, good and bad doesn't discriminate. Doesn't matter the color either. No. You're there's good and bad and everything. Right. And, and yeah, there was a lot of, uh, because I feel like that guy was trying to do, he was taking care of his family. Yeah. But it just wasn't the right right. way. It was the only way he could think of to get, take care of his wife. He was just trying to take care of his wife. Yeah. And there, there were a lot of inmates that I felt like that were pretty decent that I worked with. And there was a lot who, like I said earlier, you can see evil in their eyes mm-hmm. and you knew it. I can remember when nine 11 happened. I don't know. I can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So nine 11 happened. I was at work and I was working in the lock section. I was in third grade. So what's the lock section? Lock sections where they have I to be locked exist. up while they did, why they did True. their treatment. Okay. At the time. So they were kind of a bit more. They, they're, they're locked up on the floor. And when they came down for their treatment, they had to be locked up. So they were kind of a bit more dangerous. Right. They, okay. Yeah. Well, and they'd done something stupid and they got locked up for oh. a short time. Uh, like the hole. Yeah. They got thrown in a hole. So um, I was working back there with another. Uh, there was usually two of us back there. And uh, one of the inmates, he was a badass. But he was always respectful. I mean, he didn't take shit from nobody. He was a little spunky guy, tough guy. But um, he's like, hey, call me by Miss. Come here. Look at this. Some motherfuckers just run into the, took a plane into the world trade, you know. And I'm like, oh, no, really? And got the little, we got the watch in it. And I mean, he is pissed because this happened. Okay, so at the other end of the unit is 
an inmate, pure evil, pure evil. I mean, nobody liked to do anything with him. And he was laughing and he had, his laugh was, it was evil. I'm telling you, there was nothing good about the man. He stood there and just, he, he stood up from his chair and laughed where it echoed through the whole unit. I mean, everybody was watching it on their TV. I can hear Cameron's laugh already. And it was, it, it was an, it was a, it was an eerie, it was that, was kinda, it, like an it was kind of like that laugh that a possessed person would, they're just stabbing you and just laughing their ass off about yeah. it. I mean, that's this guy. Like and, a witch. Oh, it was horrible. And I can hear that at times because it was just horrible. That's evil. And, and that was, there was a couple other ones we dealt with like that, but overall there was some that, that were not that the majority of them, they were, they come in, do their treatment. They did their time. They were, they were convicts. There's inmates and there's convicts. Convicts come in, do their time. They know they got caught. We're doing my time. This is what I got to do. And there's inmates that come in. I got screwed. You know, it was, it was they're doing it to me. I didn't do anything wrong. I did. I'm innocent. Those are your inmates. They always say they're innocent and they may be, I'm right. not saying they're not, but somehow they got in there. They did something, but they were involved somewhere. somehow along the way they were. Hmm. So I want to know, go ahead, Shocking. Dan. go ahead. I want to know the nastiest thing you've ever seen. Oh, that that's one of the ones that I, I was kind of... Can I ask that? I want to know. There was one story that was just bad to listen to, but I don't know if it was if that's the one you're going to tell. Which story? Well, no, just the, na- you the nastiest thing I've ever seen was... At the prison. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> At the prison. Uh, was it... Uh, inmates, his, his balls swelled up so bad they busted open. <gasps> no. Yeah. Wow. And that was nasty. Wow. I mean, it was nasty. <laughs> we put charcoal under his bed. He had gangrene so bad. We put charcoal under his bed to try and get rid of that smell. Ugh, this, I was thinking of another story involving balls, but. Is that where they, where nail a clippers? guy, a guy cut his balls off with nail clippers and handed them to the officer because <laughs> he had evil thoughts. He had evil things and he was an obvious, apparently it was bad thoughts, either about women, children, something, but he took fingernail clippers and, and they were allowed to have finger fingernail clippers and he clipped these balls off. Do you know, do you imagine just the, well, I can't, but, well, and just there, there cutting was, a part of your body off with a pair of nail clippers, how long that you'd have to that endure take, yeah. that pain. And okay, first so you would have me, to like clip through was, the sack and then the actual like ball cord, like everything. <laughs> but like, this is also, listen. That and with all the nerves. You couldn't be in your right mind to do that. Though. But that's what I started to say. This is not just somebody you, I mean, this is not like you, this is somebody with a mental mm-hmm. issue. So, and a lot of, a lot of mental. Are you saying trans people or have no, mental no, issues? No, no, <laughs> no. We're not we that. are saying that. But a lot of, uh, a lot of mental people cannot be, you can't, it, it does you no good to 
kick somebody kick somebody that has a mental issue in the balls because they don't feel it. Does that make sense? So he probably didn't have. I mean, his yeah, the pain tolerance. Yeah, is maybe nothing. Nothing. Yeah. He he probably doesn't feel anything. But I know the but year. But if that, he did, sorry. But if he did, that like guys just yeah. built different. He's just so like, when I when I was cut my balls uh, off. Good. When I first started, I, like a month before I started, there was an inmate there who plucked his eyeballs out. Both and, of them? And handed them to the officer because God, he said God told him to. Because he was seeing evil. That's actually like one of the things in a, a Bible verse I saw. Like, if your eye is only seeing evil, may you remove it. I can't remember, but so I mean, I saw that and I was like, it's kind of insane. But I mean, if it's if your eyes are tempting you to do evil, I guess. Well, he he said that God talked to him and told him the only way he could get rid of those evils was to pluck his eyeballs out. And that's what he did. And he did it work. No, it didn't. He eventually. He still saw the evils. (laughs) Eventually, he uh, got to an area and killed himself. Because he did come back. He went Does downtown. That often? And, what? The suicide? Kill, suicide? Yeah. There's been hangings. There's been several hangings. And <clears throat> yeah, they're not pleasant. Yeah. Um, and there's been accidental hangings where, you know, okay, guys sit on a toilet jacking off and they put a rope around their yeah. throat to get to that really. Yeah. We've all heard that. That point, and they accidentally hang Cameron's themselves. Cameron's like, killed we've himself. all done that. I didn't know that was a thing until I watched It's called like audi- auto... Auto-erotic. Auto-erotic asphyxiation yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so there has been that. There has you been just that. slip that off the toilet? That would be shit. <laughs> so, oh, crap. Um, there was, I mean, that took a real turn. Well, there was a thing I saw online, like this whole story is like a whole lawsuit and case about it and stuff where... Uh, I guess this teenage kid had done something like that and actually hung himself, killed himself. Well, then the mom didn't want, like, found the body and, like, knew exactly what he was doing, but didn't want to, like, come out and say that that's what his, their, her child was doing. So she made up this whole fake story that he was getting bullied and stuff at school. That's terrible. And, like, pinned it on a bunch of kids. That's worse. Well, it came out. It, yeah, it came out a little while later. That that's actually what happened, and then she got in trouble and stuff. Good, good. She anyway, sorry, I, that's completely right. off topic, but it just reminded me of that. Um, so we had while I was there, I had uh, uh, a murder <clears throat> that was uh, in the unit I worked with. Was it we a, had was it a murder of a guard or an no inmate? an inmate? Uh, a DC black uh, guy. He was from dc mm-hmm. they're federal prisons and no matter what they do they're federal because it's federal it's capital so there you go to federal pen so this guy was this guy was an old guy he was an old convict he was a mean and didn't he he'd rather kill you than look at you in fact he got one of uh the people i worked with he compromised them and she was with 18 months of retiring and he compromised her and she got said goodbye she left the institution, but he was strong arming on his floor that he lived on strong arming these other inmates. And this one guy who was 
one of the good inmates, he had arms. Oh my gosh. He had, he had huge arms, nice guy. He had a good family, made wrong choices and got in the federal prison. And he had warned this guy to quit doing the strong arming that you got to quit this. It's not right. Stop it. Or I'm going to stop you to doing it. Well, and I came into work the next day after this happened, this convict, he stabbed and this, this big guy, I mean, he was muscles. He worked out. I mean, he was a big, but he, this other guy that killed him, he was, uh, he was just, he was, he was evil. He was one of the evil ones. He stabbed him in his heart in his sleep. They said he sat right up in bed and he stabbed him again and he just walked away. The guy walked away. And so we had a big, the, we had a big, the evil guy stabbed the good guy. Mm-hmm. Well, the Killed big him. guy. And that big guy was within six months of getting out to his family. Oh, that's awful. God. Dang. But he was trying to look, he was doing the right thing. He was trying to do the right thing by taking care of these other guys while this jackass was strong arming. It blows my mind that people can just mindlessly do stuff like that. Yeah, they don't have, they don't think nothing about it. That's, that's the thing. They don't think nothing about it. They don't think nothing about, uh, trying to get you to bring something into them. While I worked there, I've had, I've had staff members that's been fired because they brought, after they got rid of the cigarettes and the tobacco, they were, you know, part of your, part of your interview when you come in to that, to this kind of job is to, is your ethics, your morals. And they look at, do you pay bills? Do you, do you owe a lot of money? Do you pay your credit card? Do you pay your taxes? Because if I didn't pay my personal taxes or my property taxes, I could get in trouble for that at the time when I was working there. I still pay them to, but <laughs> allegedly shut up. <laughs> but, uh, these are all things that they looked at when you started because it tells what kind of person you are. If you owed a lot of money, you might be at risk to be hired because somebody might say, Oh, you're, you, you have, yeah, you're in a lot of debt. You know, I can help you with that. If you'll bring me in, you know, a couple of cases I'll get, I can sell, they could sell a cigarette, one cigarette for 20 bucks. Oh my God. I'll give you a cut of that. If you'll bring me in a carton, I'll give you a cut, you know, and there was a guy, there was a guy who fired for that, brought in um, cigarettes. He finally got caught. Uh, <laughs> there was one who got, um, he, he got caught for that. But back then they looked at that. I mean, my, even my interview, when I did an interview and I had a panel for an interview, I was a nervous wreck. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I do remember, they asked me if I'd ever had bestiality. If I'd ever ever done bestiality, they asked you. That. They asked me that, and you were like, uh, "No." <laughs> Can you tell me what that is? <laughs> did, did you really no, ask? I didn't ask that. I'm like, uh, "No." Okay, but yeah. What? Yeah. Did you ever have any inmates that were into that kind of stuff? I don't know. I didn't ask them that. I just didn't know if they're like sitting there getting treated, and they're just like gabbing on about their Dang, sex I wish I had a dog right now. Is yeah. That no. yeah. You got a German Shepherd at home by, by chance? What's that German Shepherd look like? A Is dog it a female? In a jar a of peanut butter. No. Unless. <laughs> hey, but, um, this might be weird, but uh, can you sneak me in a picture of your family dog? 
I just really like dogs. <laughs> but they, <laughs> but they, um, you know, they back to earlier, we were talking about, they listen, you don't talk about your family and stuff, but you do sit and talk to your coworkers and they hear everything that you talk about. And they, if you're talking about, Oh my gosh, I got, you know, I'm falling behind on this or my wife has done this or my husband's done this and we're low on cash. They take advantage of stuff like that. They find, uh, I can, there's been a lot of women who have been compromised that have. So what does comp, comprom what does compromise mean? Exactly. means they've, got into a relationship with inmates. I've had, mm. I've, I've worked with several who have left the prison system and followed the inmate and to the next prison or when they got out, they married them. I really? know two of them that did that. And those two inmates took those women for everything. They were left with nothing. Damn. They were left with nothing. Can you and talk about the, superior that got like promoted because of the was, thing she did like uh, he did she it was the video mm. Mm. i don't um can you the well, porn video oh oh yeah there was a can you talk about that there was a video done by a higher up that uh, was done and it got, there was a lot of staff that got in trouble for that. I don't know if the inmate ever got, saw that. Inmates never saw that, but uh, uh, staff saw it and it went around the institution for a while. Yeah, that was, and she got promoted out, up and out. Up and out. Yeah. Oh, daddy. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, daddy. So remember, Cameron, if you do a porno, I'll get I didn't promoted. Know I, Just get promoted. I didn't know I had talked about that. You, I'll get promoted. You told me when I was younger than this. <laughs> well, it could be when you were older. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, a, and there was an inmate on our floor that he had escaped. And we had an, uh, I, you know, I worked with some great people and I still, these people that work behind the wall, they just don't get recognized for what they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, they walk into, they, they, they walk into the job knowing that they could be, compromised as far as being taken hostage or hurt or anything every day they do that and for a very minimum amount of dollars right it's it's not i mean yeah you it's got not a like a teacher's wage or anything no but i mean like on a, on a <laughs> <laughs> but I, but, but like on a state yeah or county right yeah level, exactly it absolutely is exactly if not worse right yeah, I had a, I've worked with a lot of a lot of uh, officers who worked at the state again <clears throat> and came to federal. Mm -hmm. And but these guys walk into this every day and they're willing to do it and they and they um they are good people. They don't get recognized for they're not they're not bad people. They're good people. Mm -hmm. They're good hardworking people that just are trying to keep people behind the wall that have hurt our families or somebody's family somewhere along the line and they don't get recognized for that do you think though going back to the good good and bad being everywhere that there are some that go into it 
with like the superiority yes. complex yes. and they want to take advantage of <laughs> yes talk about the superiority complex yeah. can... Cameron. <laughs> oh sorry <laughs> i didn't mean to name drop I mean, yeah, you I'm over the there but... uh, and those and those those can get but like have you witnessed where you're like hey what are you doing right and they can either they can put you in danger or and, and themselves and everybody and it sometimes takes something to make them realize that okay i'm not what i thought i was right and, like you've and, seen and inmates you, being treated like shit for no reason other than somebody just wanted to be a jackass that's a good way to put it yeah yeah but not were. really very much i'll be honest not very much yeah not very much they uh they usually deserved it mm -hmm. i mean and everybody has a different uh perspective of that that's true you might think they didn't deserve it but the other person may mm -hmm. yeah they did right you may not know the whole backstory does that make right. sense yeah so um we're gonna have to go ahead and take another ad break oh, sorry then it's okay it's okay we're decent on time but once we get back, we'll probably end up wrapping this up because I know Dan has some prior engagements to go to, and Dina is going to go to Lowe's. So, <laughs> all right, we're back for our I think fourth, yeah, and final segment of this podcast um, episode. Yeah, episode, not the entire show. Um, Dina had one more story we were going to run into. Dan, are you wanting to talk about your question as well? Uh, I think we'll skip that one, but I just thought of another one. Okay, let's start off with your question. Okay, so my question is, did you ever run into any of the inmates outside of the wall post? No, I never have, but I know some fellow staff that did. How they do you react like, in that situation? I mean, do you have to, is it like an unspoken rule to just like pretend like you don't know these people or do you acknowledge them? I know he was a local, if, he was a local guy and the guy that saw him, um, actually knew his family and, uh, they spoke, but it wasn't like, Hey dude, how are you? You know, right. it's good to see you or nothing. They spoke and was cordial to one another and kind of just like, okay, it's good yeah. to see you doing are you doing all right yeah doing doing good i'm i'm doing this and that and i'm doing all right that's good keep going the right way stay stay clean i am and that was pretty much it yeah. that was pretty much a conversation okay and I mean, he was I, an inmate that was not uh somebody that like you know, violent yeah he violent. wasn't yeah he wasn't a trouble right maker seems like so. the best kind of uh encounter you could have really yeah yeah, yeah for sure that yeah so uh a couple of quick stories real um from r d which is receive and dispatch so you know when when an inmate comes in they get strip searched and and uh as years went on they started using wands like they use it at um uh, the airports and stuff you know to mm -hmm. see if you have any metal on you or anything or con uh, concerts or whatever uh, so they won this one guy and he kept coming up like he had metal and he's down in his genitalia. You can just say the word. Pecker. Okay. Uh, so, well, genitalia. So ended up, he had razor blades in his pecker. He had. Inside of there? He had the skin 
on the outside of the pecker, he had, or you know, he had his placed. He had he had cut the skin and put (laughs) put razors in his uh, pecker, and um, and it had grown over, and they found him as he came in, and they find they put the they can cut the inside of their mouth and put like uh, paper clips or razors in their mouth they'll cut the inside of their mouth and put that in there and that'll grow back but now that they wand them they can find them and they'll get them out turns out that guy was just trying to circumcise himself but kept losing the razor now one time i can remember this one guy that he liked to put a lot of things in his pecker and he would put like sporks you know what sporks are right yeah and he would put sporks in his um belly button i mean he he sat there with a spork one time and um he was in his room and they went and checked on him and he had his gut outside laying on his lap no and i mean like i mean this was yes parts of it not all of it just some of it yeah, so that, on his he lap. So he had that. to go. He wanted to go to a downtown hospital because he got treated better downtown by the nurses, and he got better. Well, not that our nurses weren't good looking. Don't misunderstand me, but they were nicer. They wouldn't inmate. He's got a different variety. He wasn't. A, they weren't inmate or prison nurses, which are a little harsher. <laughs> they don't have much compassion. So he would do that a lot. He did that a lot. So he put a pencil in his pecker, and as my dad would say, that's putting pencil that's putting lead in your old pencil in it good not 11 so so they they check them when they come in to uh r and d and um if they come in with property they have to go through the property well one one of the um officers that worked down there <clears throat> was going through the property and they weigh everything i mean they really look through everything and he had a small box of tea bags this inmate did and this uh staff looked at it weighed it to see if it would be because it was had the cellophane and everything still on it like it was not even had hadn't even been opened and she weighed it and the weight was not what the box says on it it was heavier so she opens it up and all those tea bags had marijuana in them Oh, wow. she got a big award for that because she found because she found that. That's and it insane. was it was it wasn't off by much, but it was enough that she noticed. Rookie mistake, not she, matching up the grams. Yeah, she got a big award for that and saved. I mean, she was taking care of her staff. She was doing her job and she did an excellent job doing it. Noted. If I'm smuggling marijuana into prison. Make get exact sure. weight. Do you think most the, the uh, contraband is brought in by employees? At this day and time, as I've, because uh, I keep in contact with a lot of people that, yes. Yeah. And, and um, there again, it's, the, it has changed. The time has changed because they, I need, they need staff. Mm-hmm. So they, the you're they i guess they don't look at the morals and the ethics of you as closely right and or maybe people are just thinking i can make a quick buck i'll never get caught 
I'll do this, you know. And I'm sure there's probably some that do it once or twice and then don't get caught ever. Right. As I, I listen to a, um, I mean, I, I would like to, to think podcast. that I would never do something like that, but I feel like temptation, right. You get hard up. It's that's why some of those people are in there in the first place. Like the guy with the heart medicine. Right. Right. I just need to take care of this. So one of the podcasts I've listened to, and it's by an, by a, a staff member that I worked with and I have a lot of respect for, he was a really good guy. And he, he, when he was a rookie, he said he made a mistake. He had Chinese oh. for one night and he had some soy, packages of soy sauce and he left them there. And the, the inmate asked, Hey boss, can I have that? Do you care if I have that soy sauce? And he's like, no, go ahead. That's fine. Well, a couple of days later, he come, the inmate comes into his office you know, doing trash or whatever. And he said, Hey boss, if you ever get any more of that soy sauce, you know, that went really good with my dinner. I'd love to have some of that. And he thought, Oh crap, what did I do? So he immediately stopped him and the inmate went to the captain or to the Lieutenant of the night and went down and told him what he did. And this, and had the inmate with him and told him what he did. And he chews the inmate out, gets all over the inmate, and makes the inmate leave. I, I don't know what else he did to him. He may have wrote a shot on him. I don't know. But anyway, he told the, he told the officer, said, you did exactly what you should have. You came to me. You told me what happened. But he said, don't ever let that happen again. He said, they can. that's just the beginning. A soy sauce package can ruin your career. Because it starts with that, but it can lead to more. And he said, it, you got to remember that. And he said, I never forgot that. And he said, it, it right there, I started changing. I was no longer a rookie. I started mm -hmm. looking at things a lot different. But that's how easily you can be drawn in without even thinking about it. Wow. I actually listened to that yeah. episode. Yeah. You, have to, you have to send that podcast to me because I kind of want to listen to that. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's really good. He's so, really very good about it. Um, send that to me. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Dina, thank you. Sure. so much thanks for having me this is honestly took a lot of convincing yeah okay i am sorry but i have one more question and it's for jacob yeah. for, go ahead did you ever feel hold on what go ahead go ahead okay. do it ask go ahead go ahead, it's go ahead. Fine. can i yeah no, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll talk about it later go ahead well i'm not gonna talk. no just go just ahead did you ever feel uncomfortable with now y'all got me. No, just say it's fine. Did you did you ever feel uncomfortable or concerned with what Dina well, did? Okay, I'm just gonna say it because you guys are dancing around it. I didn't. She know is my mom. <laughs> she is my mother. I just didn't know if we wanted that connection on there. I didn't know. I didn't think about my it. My gosh, sorry. it doesn't matter. She sorry, is my mother. I'm sorry, I apologize. I was it's just okay. trying. I'm to... not ashamed by it. I was just. As, well, I was trying as... to protect the. That is on I recording. Am so glad you got to hear that, that for the rest of your life. <laughs> as of right now, I am not ashamed of it. Uh, but I mean, I'm only 18 right now, and whenever she got out, I was 12. Okay. I wasn't really old enough to know what was going on. Right. I didn't. I mean, I had heard. I yeah. had heard stories. That's what I was. Just I thinking. had heard some stories. Like she told some stories to uh, my brothers, my dad, and I was there to hear a few of them. I was like, "Wow, that's kind of brutal." But I mean, like, 
it's one of those things where you don't really think about it. Like at the end you of the day, really... your mom was just going to work every day. Yeah, she was going to work. And I mean, I could call her. I was especially like even if I was at school and I had to go home or something, they'd just call my mom and she if I was sick, she'd come get me. Mm-hmm. It it was just a job. Right. I wasn't like they there's murderers, there's rapists, there's all this. They're working with her. Right. I mean, it didn't really cross a eight year old's mind, but that's true. I really kind of I, I don't know. think I put two and two together that you would have been that young. Like yeah. when you you retired. Mm-hmm. I know I I um where I worked, I had inmates that worked for me. And I know I make it hard on my boys and my husband, which I'm very grateful for all of them. Um, but with an inmate, I ask him to mop the floor. I want it done right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want it done 15 minutes from now. I don't want it done 20 minutes. I want it done now. If I ask you to mop some, I ask you to do something. I want it done now. And I, I know I've done that with my boys mm-hmm. and, I know I make it hard, but that, and that's the way I, for 25 years, that's the way it was. And it's hard for me not to do that. Do you think you had to be so in control in your job that you carried that into being kind of controlling in your personal life? Yeah. 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 And I, and I hate that. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying we're, we're getting, we're getting into therapy. No, I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm just making the joke that it's funny because now we're getting into it, it is parental. and i, I mean it. i feel like we have to talk about this it's, stuff it's because, fine i mean i'm know, not complaining i was just making i it hate sh- it that i did that and i and i didn't really realize i did that till after i was away from the prison system mm-hmm. it didn't i mean and i felt really bad about it i do feel bad about it but it is it is and i still am that way i want something done i want it done now mm-hmm. yeah and and i just that's just me, I guess. Come on, now. you convict. <laughs> I mean, go walk the dog. Another thing is she was scared. She was a scaredy cat. Every time we me and my <laughs> me and one of my brothers would always try and scare her in some way. Not sometimes not even trying. I would literally like she'd get home, she would have groceries, and I would just like she's gonna yell at at me to come down anyway so i just walked down there and she wouldn't be out of the car yet and she'd get out of the car and just like yell and jump i was like, like what alert all the time and she's just like you scared the crap out of me i'm like i didn't even do anything <laughs> because at home i relaxed like your at guard work, was down right as at work be. at work i wasn't you know i was on yeah. guard i was i was waiting for somebody to come around a corner you know I was ready for anything to happen at any time because it could, it mm-hmm. could have. And yeah, when I was home, yeah. Russ yeah, scared I've me one time out, and about waylaid him. And that was the last it? time he did that. I walked out of my room once and she was walking down the hall and she jumped. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't ever, even doing any. Like at work, get through a work day and then reflecting on the way home, be like, Ooh, kind of forgot where I was at. Maybe I should have been a little more. Because it sometimes. does get very routine. I mean, I would sometimes, imagine after yes. 25 years, yeah, day in and day out, you're like, this is because your work does become like your second home. You spend right. just as much time there. So, yeah, kind of, I mean, not, no, no, <laughs> no, 
Prison was my second home. Right. 25. 25 yeah. to life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I've said too. 20, I did 25. But I mean, I just wonder if sometimes you're kind of like, and my, oh, I should have been. I used to tell. Maybe you paying know, a little more attention today I used to or tell uh, my oldest son, he would, he's told him my mom's been in prison. <laughs> <laughs> you can't scare me. My mom's been in prison. <laughs> and awesome. I've told people when he's been around, I'm like, I've done time. I've been in prison. I just got out of prison. Not you know? too long ago. And he's like, years ago. he's like, mom, stop it. You're going to scare him. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I worked there. That's what I did. But. Oh gosh. All right, I Cameron, know. I'm done. I'm sorry. I, it's no, I wasn't complaining. I was just, I thought it was just, I don't know, kind of funny because it turned from like Dicks and Wiener or Wiener, not Dicks and Wieners. Dicks, Dicks and, and Wieners. Wieners. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, razor blades. In, this is where the dicks hang out. <laughs> razor blades in wieners to like something kind of yeah. Like I, how know, do you feel? I'm sorry. I just and thought it was funny. I'm you sorry. know, Real it was quick. gonna come from me. It's not funny, but it is like it was just. Yeah. A, it was a little when comical. you do this. Quick. I feel. <laughs> My mom always says that. What she used to say, she doesn't so much anymore, but she used to say that you've gotten so hard. You've gotten so hard. I never felt like I'm hard. I can. I can cry at a drop of a hat and I have feelings and I, but you had to learn how to, uh, com compartmentalize, uh, compartmentalize. Yeah. yeah. That word that you couldn't show that. And, and there was times when I've had breakdowns at work when things have happened. And, but I I'm telling you right now though, I have, I have a family, I had a family there and I still have a family with those ones that, and, and um, I love those people like they were my own blood. But um, you had to learn to survive. And there was times when I first started, and that was hard for me because I worked with a lot of death. Mm -hmm. And I've always respect to death. And it was hard for me to deal because there was lots of times I'd, I would bag and tag two to four people a week. And it was much different than what I dealt with in a nursing home or what I deal with in real life. And if you didn't, and I know this may sound cold, if you didn't joke, you didn't laugh, you didn't do, you could really um, lose your shit. Yeah. And and unfortunately, I have lost coworkers and friends that I've worked with in the 25 years that have committed suicide from different reasons from that place, from this job from the stress of it. Cause it does have a lot of stress to it. You may not think it does, but it really does. And I was fortunate enough, uh, fortunate, enough, fortunate enough to know that I was raised in a good Christian background. I, I have a relationship with God and I did turn to him a lot with that. And it helped me through times like that. And sometimes there's, even those that did have that relationship had a hard time getting through those. But I was fortunate enough that I made it through times because there was, there's a lot of rough times in there, but I had, I had good, good support system. My husband was um, good support and I had my boys to come home to, which is always, always was something very important that I made sure I got home to them. So I just, I just wanted to say that it's just, it's just important to have that relationship. That's just, <clears throat> it's a lot to take in, Dina. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I just, it's very deep. So I've Sorry. Been... 
Moment of silence. I ain't as I ain't as cold hearted bitch as they think I am. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. But then again, when I retired, they all gave me a party, and it was a queen bee, and it wasn't for beautiful. <laughs> I got I. That's all I got was queen bee. <laughs> well, there you go. But that's okay, because I've got told by many since I've left how much they do miss me. Maybe they're just suck sucking up to me, but they have no reason to. Right. Well, that's your. That's true. I mean. But, Anyway, well, uh, we appreciate you coming on, Dina. This is probably being honestly my favorite I podcast to record. Yeah. This has been pretty good. Thank you. Um, you haven't recorded with Doug, Dave, and Donnie <laughs> when they were getting drunk. Maybe we should. Let I probably would have been. Those four just have at it one night. Oh God, we'll have to train somebody on the computer. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, you're but right. anyway. <laughs> what Doug, did I do? Doug here? would be over here like, oh, I messed something up, Carson. Come help me. Come figure this out. And Where's the remote? Where's the remote to this thing? <laughs> Doug would be over here. Why is it turning off so much? Yeah. Um, anyway. All right, Jacob. Closing thoughts. Uh, I don't Anything really have with the audience. I don't really have much. Just thanks for coming on. It took, like I said earlier, it took a little bit of a convincing. It took about, well, I think we've been doing this since March. That's like, what, nine months? Yeah, but I mean, we only thought of it uh, probably October. Three days ago. No, we were trying to get you <laughs> on know. since October. I know. But... Uh, I don't know what I'd say. Well, you said a lot, and it was enjoyable <laughs> it was to listen to. Yeah. Damn. I thought this was a good episode. It was good. Closing thoughts. Well, I just have one more question. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're gone. <laughs> no, I'm good. I really, I have nothing. I mean, I do. The wheels are turning. I do have more questions, but I need, I'm going to need to sit down, regroup. We might. I don't know. I don't know. This was there good. Might be enough I really appreciate it. There might be enough content because this two. is something that we're just not. It's a world familiar we're not with. familiar with. So it's nice to get a little insight. So anyways, I've got stories. Dana, anything you want to leave with the audience? Uh, really, the people that work behind those walls have should get a lot of respect. They work hard to keep their community safe. They go in every day and put their lives on the line. Um, and they're good people. They're good people. And I have a lot of respect for them. I have a lot of friends. And like I said, uh, family there that, that I care about. And it's a good job. Um, but really what got me through is, was knowing that I had my family and that I had faith that God would watch over me. And, and he did. And I've been very fortunate for that. And I'm, I just feel very blessed that I had the career I did and I made it out after 25 years. 25 years is a long time. And everybody here, thanks you for what you did, Dina. Thank yes, you. Thank you sure. for coming on. Um, guys, I'm not even going to bother with, Plugs. social medias or plugs or anything that'll be down in the description uh i hope you guys enjoyed this episode we as much as we enjoyed recording it um again dina thanks for coming on sorry i'll edit that out dan dan thanks for coming on good god almighty uh anyway guys thanks for tuning in and we'll see y'all next week <laughs>